Risk management. It's a way of spending scarce dollars in the most effective ways. Now the Science and Technology Directorate at the Homeland Security Department wants to help large organizations map their risk management cybersecurity strategies to their investment decisions. It's awarded two universities grants to figure this out. Joining me with more, Science and Technology Program Manager Aaron Keneally. Ms. Keneally, good to have you on. Thanks for having me, Tom. This program is called CIRI. What does that stand for and what what are you trying to do here? CIRI actually stands for the Cybersecurity Risk Economics Program. What we're really trying to do at a high level is improve the, the value-based decision-making um, by not only folks within the government, but also that broader HSE, those who own and operate and protect and regulate the nation's vital you know, data assets and our critical infrastructures. So the way we approach it from a programmatic standpoint is looking beyond sort of the traditional um, economics view of incentives for cybersecurity, where, you know, we assume that people act rationally because we know that they don't. And we try and look at a broader uh, array of factors, um, such as business and legal and technical and behavioral elements to cybersecurity decision making, so that in, in this way, um, our R&D that, that supports this objective can more, um, more effectively address both strategies and tactics for avoiding risk, for accepting risk, mitigating risk, and, and transferring risk through insurance, for example. Should it ultimately, though, this type of analysis guide spending decisions for agencies or other large organizations? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's um, certainly one of our goals here. We, we like to think of our approach kind of along four dimensions. And, and number one is, is investment. So the four dimensions are investment, impact, value, and incentives, right? So investments, trying to understand through our R&D how and why uh, both individuals and organizations are investing in, in controls that manage that cyber risk. We really, we really don't have a good idea about that. And then secondly, you know, what's the impact of those investments on our actual uh, risk and, and the outcomes to whether it be information or systems or, or people in organizations. Um, that third dimension then, the value that I mentioned is, uh, right now there's this gap between um, understanding cybersecurity risk and um, kind of what C-level folks understand from conventional business performance and kind of financial frameworks that guide their decisions. So do a better, doing a better job of mapping those, those two dimensions. Um, and then finally, dissent, uh, incentives. And, and that really overlays kind of the, the first three, which is to say, how do we encourage, you know, what incentives are needed to encourage not even optimal risk management, but just better risk management. And, and so again, those four kind of dimensions is what our um, our portfolio portfolio programs are focused on. And for someone that wants to apply this idea of the risk economics, cyber risk economics, is there a methodology or a decision tree or a form that they follow such that all of these four different parameters, investment, impact, incentives, value, can be balanced? And that would help guide, here's where we ought to be spending our money on technology. Uh, there's there's really no playbook, uh, so to speak. The the area is so large, and certainly our questions far outweigh our answers here. Um, what we've done to sort of help guide uh, researchers and uh, stakeholders who will benefit from the research is we've recently published um, this uh, capability cyber risk economics capability gap research strategy. 
Um, and in it, what that uh, thought product does is it tries to uh, put an organizing framework around um, the various questions uh, related to cyber risk economics. Uh, so for instance, we have, uh, we approach it from kind of 12 areas um, related to entity risk assessment, systemic risk assessment, what are the impact of controls on risk, decision support, the role of the government from a regulatory perspective, what's the role of insurance in cyber risk economics, as well the, the role of law and liability. We also look at supply chain accountability, organizational effectiveness, um, information asymmetries, uh, which is also related to data collection and mapping, and then finally looking at adversary um, behavior and ecosystems. So that's kind of our attempt to kind of blueprint the approach, but I think taking a, a, um, a very restrictive uh, thou shalt um, kind of uh, map for folks isn't going to work because the, the issue space and the capability gaps are so large. And sure. there's, you know, part of R&D is we want to we want to experiment. We want to try different things. We're speaking with Erin Keneally. She's a program manager and the science and technology directorate at the Homeland Security Department. And a lot of these issues are addressed in various NIST publications from Commerce. Someone looking into this whole area of economics, would they, would they find familiar themes that they might also find in some of the NIST guidance? It's, yes, it's very complementary. So when you, you're talking about risk management as a topic in and of itself, um, it's very operational, right? It's it's all about processes and tools to identify and analyze and evaluate risks to assets, right? And looking at it, again, you think about the definition of, of risk, and it has to do with understanding the frequency and severity of, of threats and vulnerabilities to assets. Um, so in a nutshell, so risk management itself identifies those gaps between the people and processes and technologies and whatnot. And, and certainly the NIST framework has been a great start in that regard. I think it's a little bit too early to tell how successful it's, it's been. And, and we certainly have no shortage of, of cybersecurity frameworks. Uh, you know, we've got ISO 27001. There's the, the CIS uh, critical controls. We've got PCI DSS. So it's a bunch of frameworks and they're good. And I, I don't want to diminish their importance. But the problem with frameworks is they don't connect investments in cybersecurity to outcomes. And that's where SIRI is you know, trying to be complementary to these approaches by offering R&D and technology that measures and models and values the efficacy of those risk management tools and processes. So they're, they're different and related and um, very complementary. And within an agency, if they are trying to take this kind of SIRI analysis to undertake it, who owns it? Is it the CISO? Is it the CIO? Is it the agency head or a combination of people? Well, I think it's a combination. Um, but at the end of the day, there needs to be high level support. There needs to be a high level champion for this. You know, a lot of these R&D efforts are very emergent and kind of bottom up approaches, which is good, but they're going to go nowhere from the standpoint of an implementation and actual integration into business processes unless there is leadership up at the top that supports um, these approaches. Now, the SIRI program just awarded a couple of grants to universities of about a million dollars in total. Tell us where they went and what you hope to accomplish with those grants. Sure. So those are the most two uh, recently announced programs. We actually have five in our portfolio right now. 
uh, pretty excited about them. And as you as you can imagine, they um, they touch upon different areas. Um, I mentioned before the capability gap strategy is I actually use that myself to help uh, drive the execution of my of my program. Um, I'll give you some uh, just a quick uh, rundown of, of the efforts to, to give you a flavor for our approach. So one effort uh, focuses on quantifying the value of cyber of, of sharing data for cybersecurity. So the problem here that it approaches or uh, that it addresses, I should say, is identifying what are those economic underpinnings and the levers for greater sharing. You know, we talk about data sharing all the time and we have made advances. I don't think we're nearly where we should be in that regard. So we're trying to put economic terms around the value of sharing to help incentivize folks to do that. Um, another effort is uh, crowdsourcing uh, defense efficacy through gamified information markets. That's a that's a mouthful. Um, but what this program tries to do is understand the empirical and, and the experimental effectiveness of cybersecurity controls. Um, and we do this through a gamified platform. So instead of encouraging sharing um, with regard to um, hunting advanced threats and understanding which controls work best against certain threats by, you know, getting lawyers in a room and talking for six months and devising MOUs and, and whatnot and going through that painful process. We've created a gamified platform to basically uh, allow experts and analysts throughout the community to crowdsource their expertise um, to move forward on solutions um, in that in that issue space. Another, a third project that we have um, is titled Comparative Value of Threat Intelligence Metrics. The, the problem here that this, that this project is approaching is, you know, we get, there's a whole bunch of, of threat intelligence feeds out there, um, you know, dozens of them. And companies are spending a lot of money um, on these, but there, you can't compare apples to apples. What we need is we need a way to normalize and compare and assess the reliability of these cybersecurity threat indicators. Um, and so this um, this approach is trying to do that. It's trying to develop um, kind of a nutrition label, for lack of a better analogy, um, that can be kind of slapped on these different threat intelligence um, um, offerings. Yeah, because a lot of order. them are a lot of them are public relations as much as really uh, cyber Absolutely. threat indicators. And, and trying to trying to understand what is a hand wave versus you know which product actually walks the talk is very difficult in in the current marketplace. So we're trying to, to move the ball forward um, in, in this project uh, by developing those metrics. Um, a third or a fourth, I should say, project is uh, developing a standard model for the costs of cybersecurity attacks. The, the need that this project is addressing is, is basically translating the incidence of attacks into harm to citizen consumers. Um, oftentimes, you know, we you hear numbers about what's the cost of cybercrime and whatnot, and Invariably, those costs often lead out, leave out the cost to citizen consumers, which is a big part of, of the marketplace. Um, and so we're trying to come up with a transparent economic model of that cyber attack harm uh, using some open data. And then the last uh, project that I'll mention for now is um, it's titled Outcome-Based Cybersecurity Risk Management. So here, um, this, this harkens back to what something I mentioned earlier, which is um, understanding this causal link between our controls, our security level, 
and then the outcomes. Uh, surprisingly, we really don't do a good job about that. I think in in individual silos, understanding you know sort of controls and and understanding threats and understanding vulnerabilities, you know we do um, variably good jobs. But putting that all together um, has you know there's definitely a capability gap in that in this regard. So we've got some researchers who are working with an ISP. And some other vendors in the cybersecurity community to um, to develop um, an understanding of those those outcomes. And these different projects are spread among different institutions. Correct. They're all um, they're all spread across the board. It largely, you know, I think we're a little heavy on the academic, but we have some industry folks um, on those projects as well. Sounds like you've got a lot of work yet to do here. Absolutely. I mean, I wish I had an unlimited budget, um, especially if you look at the capability gap strategy and you look at all the areas um, that we do have gaps and we have the need for research. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll poke away at it. And um, I feel I feel very strongly that the projects we do have, we're kind of punching above our weight, as it were, and um, confident that we're going to come up with some some good results. Aaron Keneally is Program Manager in the Science and Technology Directorate at the Homeland Security Department. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. We'll post a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at iTunes or Podcast One.